at this scripture tonight. This is not just a random scripture. It's the third commandment taken out of the Ten Commandments. This is the, where, where Moses and God met. Moses came down and gave the people the Ten Commandments. Now these people are not just any people. They're people that have been set free from slavery. And so God gives them ten ways to be free. The first way was to have no other gods but God. You should have no other gods but the Lord your God. And then you shall not, the second one was, make any images of this God and bow down and worship Him. Uh, the reason we saw for that was that they, they, the people, were to actually be images of God. They were to be images of Him, and that was their original creation purpose, but they fell in that. We all fell in that. We all fail to image the, the God, our God, um, perfectly. And so God gave us Jesus to be the image of the invisible God so that we could see what he looks like and we hear about him in his word. And so we find ourselves running back into slavery and trying to create images of God because we feel powerless. And so we create images to, to sort of seize a little bit of power, not realizing we're free. But then we also disobey this command. Now this is not a, this is not a sermon or a message about getting your language right. You know, like this is, when, when you think of taking the name of the Lord your God in vain, uh, you might think of, you know, saying, uh, well, Jesus H. Christ or something like that. Or, or like people say that kind of stuff. I mean, or, or gosh darn it. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, watch out. Um, it's not just substituting gosh darn it for the true, you know, uh, God damn you or something like that. It's not just taking uh, those curses away and substituting from, for, for a better, uh, like golly gee willikers, you know, like if you stub your toe or you hit your hand with a hammer, instead of saying uh, a curse against God, but subbing it out for a less offensive version. That's not what we're going for here. It's not just getting your language and your potty mouth right. Um, it's, it's not taking the name of the Lord of God in vain. We're going to look at that. So let me read the verse for you, and we'll look at three points. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. This is the word of God. So tonight we're looking at the name of God. It's important. That's right there in the verse there. And so you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Notice it's the, the, on the verse, the, the word Lord there is all caps. Okay, all caps. That is the, the personal name of God in Hebrew. Every time you're looking in your Old Testament and you're reading the Bible and you see the word Lord, you'll start to notice this, that sometimes it's all capitalized, sometimes it's not. When it's all capitalized, it's the special covenant name of God. Uh, we might, you might pronounce it Yahweh or Jehovah, the, depending on the vowels you, you put in there. Because the original Hebrew had, uh, we, we don't have the vowels and they knew what to do, we don't, so we kind of sub them in there. So Yahweh or Jehovah, the way you pronounce it. But Yahweh, I'll go with Yahweh just to, to be consistent here. I'll just say Yahweh. So the personal name of God, you shall, he is your God who set you free. And so this is, to, this is really to believers. Uh, this is to people who have a relationship with God. He's saying to you to not take his name in vain. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, this name, like today, the name of people is not something you run through the mud. Names are important. Reputations are important. So really what we're talking about is... Slander. We slander a person, okay, when we, when we take their name in vain. Treating their name vainly is slandering them. 
So slander is making maybe a false statement, maybe gossiping about someone in order to cause damage to their reputation. So really what this commandment's about is the reputation of the God who sets you free. His reputation. So, so you want, it, it could be a, you know, any kind of thing you write or say or anything you perform that's malicious in nature, uh, maybe unconsciously or consciously against the God who sets you free. So first example we're going to look at on your handout is general General slander examples, okay? Um, you know, if you've ever been to a restaurant, maybe like uh, I, the, the, in Tennessee, we, Meredith and I often, well, Meredith didn't go. I went to this restaurant that was a buffet, and it cost $2.85, that's with tax and all, to eat there. Some people said that this restaurant used meat served from dogs. Like, <laughs> it's like cheap meat, okay? I mean, like, but hey, they didn't know that. They were just slandering the restaurant, okay? Meat from dogs, okay? That's slander. I don't know if you know that. That's slander. Uh, you're, you're using some kind of accusation against a restaurant you might not know. Um, claiming that someone is cheating on their spouse. Claiming someone has a sexually transmitted disease, okay? Something like just, just saying, uh, out, you know, sort of outlandish things about someone, um, you know, or, or outright lying. Uh, you know, so-and-so my roommate stole my television. You know, you say that. You outright lie, you say that, you know, and um, that's slander. Okay, and so if you do that today, we have laws against that where you can prosecute somebody. Uh, general slander, write that. Now, we'll look, at, we'll look at another example of where we see slander today. Celebrities. Uh, celebrities get this the worst, right? They're always slandered. Um, an example of a, a great one would be Lady Gaga, Okay. Everyone's kind of hating on Lady Gaga. She's not as cool as she used to be. Well, uh, when she was staying at the Intercontinental Hotel London, and there was blood found in the tub. So someone accused Lady Gaga of bathing in blood as part of a satanic ritual. Y'all have heard that, right? That rumor? No. Okay, well, that's a, that's a nasty rumor. That's an example of slander towards a celebrity. Um, David Beckham recently, you know, the soccer guy, um, real, real good-looking soccer guy, um, right, He's British. He, he actually brought a lawsuit against In Touch magazine because they uh, published a story saying he cheated on his wife, Posh Spice, uh, with a prostitute. So, uh, postitute, uh, maybe. I don't know. So, um, like, it, it was, I don't, that's the, the headline, you know, probably said prostitute. I don't know. But he, he, um, he I think he won on that. But if you, if you, uh, if, if celebrities just get, you know, all kinds of slander thrown at them, right? So these are not true slanderous statements, okay? And so that's the, for slander to be slander, it's not true, okay? Political slander, okay? Um, this happens all the time, like on late night talk shows, Jimmy Kimmel, Jay Leno, all that stuff. Um, Jay Leno on George W. Bush one time, an often, often used uh, political figure of slander, he says, um, uh, he's, uh, G- George Bush says he works out because it clears his mind, Sometimes just a little too much, all right? Uh-huh. He's, he, he's, yeah, he's saying George Bush is dumb. Okay, um, uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, if you want to use a historical one, Adams's political organization called Jefferson, quote, a mean-spirited, low-lived fellow, the son of a half-breed Indian squaw, sired by a Virginia mulatto father. He also called him an atheist, a weakling, and a coward, and a libertine. That's strong. That's strong slander. They don't slander them like they used to. You know, I'm telling you. Like, that was strong slander. So, slandering. Uh, you know, and this, this could be 
conscience or unconscious in you. I mean, sometimes you do it maliciously and consciously. Sometimes you're not even thinking about it. Why would you do that? What would, what would bring you to do that? Well, what would bring uh, really uh, the, uh, the Germans, uh, the Nazis, Nazis Germans, Germany into uh, exterminating Jews? Um, they dehumanized uh, those people. Um, and, and, and it was easy to, to take out someone if you harden yourself to them by, by dehumanizing them. And so uh, celebrities don't even feel human to us sometimes. Uh, political figures seem to be less, less than what we are. They're not us. Uh, and so in general, we, we slander people we don't value. Um, and so you can ask yourself, what would, what would make us then slander God? Well, in, in the same way we slander humans whom we dehumanize, we slander gods whom we de-God. Uh, if God's not the one who sets us free, the ultimate, the ultimate redeemer of our life, uh, or the ultimate gracious and kind eternal father um, to us, then we, if he's not being that to us, or he's not, if we don't feel that for him, we de-God him and we will slander him. That's why we slander a person when we uh, view them as less than they are. So slandering of God then is the next thing. Is slandering of God is symptomatic of his weightlessness in our hearts. Um, he doesn't have value or weightiness in our hearts. We treat him lightly. And so when we treat him lightly, we'll do things like blasphemy his name. We'll use God's name as a curse word, which I alluded to earlier. Uh, we, can't, we, we use his name flippantly and carelessly. And so if, you, if you're one of these guys who uses God's name lightly, that shows exactly how much he matters to you. Doesn't it? Not very much. Um, if, you, if, you, if you just throw someone's name around uh, flippantly, does that, does that person really matter to you? You have reverence towards them where, where that name would be special to you. Um, you wouldn't want to put your, uh, your, your, you know, your friend's name or in, in a common way or a, um, your, your son or daughter's name or your grandmother, like, don't be talking about my mama. You know, you don't, you're like, nobody talks about your mama, you know, or, no, or your grandma. You know, that's my grandma. You know, no one, so, so in the same way you'd have family pride for people you reverence, if you treat the God himself in a loose and flippant way, it shows we really don't have weight for him. Uh, there's a guy named Michael Horton um, who's written a lot of books, and he's, he's a good, good theologian. He says, um, you can even blaspheme the name of Jesus by putting his name on a, Christ, uh, like a cheesy Christian T-shirt. It doesn't give the weight uh, to Jesus that, that, you, that would be expected. Um, you know, um, so an old example. These were, these were everywhere when I was growing up. I don't know about y'all, but I've wore some of these. Um, I had a, a shirt when I was in, um, I think, 10th grade that said, uh, there's, a, there's an old German car called Farfignugan. Yeah, you hear about this? And then I had one that said, Far from Sinan, and it had a guy with a, with a cross. It was awful, just awful. Uh, black T-shirt, I still remember it. Well, my friend had one uh, that had, uh, it, it said, uh, it, it was like a Budweiser thing, right? It was much cooler than my Far from Sinan one, right? And it said, you know, like one of their statements at the time was, this Bud's for you. And so it had like a Christian message that said, this blood's for you. Sort of like making a mockery of atonement. Okay, um, it's just real cheesy. Borderline copyright infringement for all these companies. Um, law people could go and get them, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, blasphemy. That's one way. When, when somebody's weightless to us, we'll cheesily and lightly use their names. 
Second example of uh, weightlessness is indifference. It's uh, not respecting someone. Uh, it's one thing, like, see, my, fr- my kids right now are working on Valentine's because Valentine's Day is coming up. So they're, like, making all their little Valentine's. They've got their Angry Birds Valentine's and, and just all, all their uh, the Princess Valentine's, and they're making them and, and writing names on them. And you know what's really bad is not to get a mean Valentine, but to get no Valentine's, isn't it? Like when somebody else gets more Valentine's than you, that stinks. And so we're meticulously going through the rosters of kids so we make sure our kids don't just give their favorite kids Valentine's, but everybody a Valentine. Because there's nothing that hurts worse than indifference, right? That that someone doesn't even notice you. Uh, That actually is a little bit worse than than actually being, uh, getting a a reaction out of somebody. Uh, Sometimes negative attention is actually better than being ignored. And my kids do that all the time. They want negative attention sometimes because I'm not giving them any. You know, that happens. So um, surely you've done that before. You, say, you know, the time you got the tattoo and the earring and all that stuff and the, and the nose ring and so, so you could get some attention from your mom and dad. Um, that, that happens. I mean, we want attention. And so indifference, going around not treating uh, God as if he exists at all sort of uh, throughout your day without even thinking of him, is taking his name in vain. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. The easy one is blasphemy of his name or running it through the mud or treating it commonly, but indifference to God, uh, not even acting like he matters to you. Uh, the thought of God doesn't even have, it doesn't even cross your mind, doesn't phase you. The thought of God doesn't have the ability to unsettle you. And that's, that is just as much taking his name in vain as blasphemy. And I think we could all sort of like, we, we all start, we all thought we were okay on the blasphemy part because none of us are wearing those terrible shirts or, Saying, "Gosh darn it!" all the time, but but man, this sermon is one. This sermon is not a go out and do something sermon. It's one of those that that wants to look at our hearts and just see the blackness of it and how terrible we are at this. And so, there are days in our lives we are totally indifferent to Him. We don't respect God. The next one, misrepresentation, saying things that God didn't say, Um, like God told me to do this. We pretend to speak for Him. That's, that's blaspheming against God in a different way. Uh, just like indifference to somebody's walking around and, and you don't even see the people who aren't dressed like you. Uh, you, know, like you only see the people that look like you, same color as you. You miss out. You, miss, you don't even see international students because they don't matter to you. Maybe if that's you, if you're, if, you're, if you're one of those people, you're looking around, not seeing people, you're indifferent to people. People that don't matter to you. Well, misrepresentation is just as bad. No one wants a friend who goes around misrepresenting them. In fact, if you're in a relationship with, with, with somebody like that and they're saying untrue things about you, that you did things or said things that weren't true then, or belittled you or, or something like that, you'd break up with them. Just like in the same way if you had a boyfriend or girlfriend that ignored you, sort of the indifference, you'd break up. Um, and so indifference, misrepresentation, blasphemy, they're all, I mean, these are all uh, blasphemy in the name of God or taking his name in vain, treating it too lightly. And then finally, on this one, is hypocrisy. Uh, it's taking up a name without the reality of it. Uh, and we all kind of know what hypocrisy is. You know, you can be a, a hypocrite. Uh, and so like, these people, like, you know, an example would be uh, Matthew 7, 21, where, you know, there's these people who come to God in the last day and say, Lord, Lord, in that day didn't we do this or that and the other thing? And he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. And so you can have this religious experience in your life, but then, you can be active in religion, but really not know God. And so um, and in, your, in your life, you're, you're inconsistent with, with, that, with him, and so you can actually be 
blaspheming his name or taking his name in vain because he's weightless to you. You've had weight with him in the past, but he's functionally weightless to you. So, so through hypocrisy, indifference, misrepresentation, blasphemy, we've all marred the reputation of God somehow and broken this commandment, and we do it every day. So what do we do? What kind of cure can you put on that? If that's what this thing means and we're all in trouble, the Ten Commandments, we, we said in the beginning of the semester, the Ten Commandments are actually meant to kind of kill you. They're, they're, they're meant to bring you to your knees and say, here's what's wrong with you. Um, to, for you to look at them and say, my sin is actually worse uh, than it was 20 minutes ago when I started this. My sin is absolutely worse than I ever realized, and it drives you to your knees. And so the joy of the Christian message is, is like, with the law, you know, it's, it's not like, here's the law, good luck with that. The message is, is that God, whom we don't pay attention to, uh, doesn't actually resent us, how we make the, the world revolve around us. He actually revolves the world around us. He actually goes after us in that way. The very way we, we dis, are disinterested in him, he's intensely interested in us. Sinners like us. So the third point, how do we change? How do we deal with the weightlessness of God in our, in our heart? Well, we go to the cross. Um, we, we need to actually, when we feel like God's weightless to us, we need to go to where we are weighty towards him, towards God's own heart. And so when we go to the New Testament, we see Jesus dying on a cross. That's not just data. That's not just a random human being. That's God sending his son to bear my own sin, to deal with the way I've taken his name in vain through blaspheming him, through being indifferent to him, through not, not returning his text messages and his emails and just all the ways I've stiff-armed him my whole life and want to do my own thing, the way I've misrepresented him, saying he said one thing and not the other, and the way I've been hypocritical, and, and, and you know, though I'm religious as all get out, I've been hip, hypocritical. And so he had to die for me in that way and bear my sin. He had to deal with the weightlessness of God in my own soul uh, and so that I could realize how weightless I've treated him. That is weightiness, that he would treat me in that way, that he'd love me in that way. And I am sometimes so aloof and so... That doesn't even like come into my mind many times, and, and you're the same. And, he, and he's so wrapped up in people like us. So what he's saying is that we, we, can, we can change. We can live every day conscious of him. We can not take his name in vain, um, and, and he will not bring vengeance upon us through getting to know this Jesus. There'd be a day in which People would be conscious all day long that not a day would go by when they would realize that Jesus was not ashamed to call them brothers, that, that Jesus would die for, for them, and he'd die for me and he'd die for you, that the Spirit would come and he would transform their whole lives, and they'd be true image bearers of him, that Jesus would make his home with people, that he would make us different men and women. That was the day that was promised, and that's the day that we can live in. We can actually do this law. This law can be a law for us, because we see that it is a, an MRI. It shows us our heart. Our, our heart is ugly. Our heart is bad. But we can also see the gospel as a medicine, the gospel that God did make me a different man by, by being the weighty sacrifice that I demanded. See, he hates his name being blasphemed so much that he sent Jesus 
to be blasphemed. You know, when he, when, he was, when he was on the cross, there was a sign over his head mocking him saying, Jesus, look, King Jesus, King Jesus, here he is, suffering, dying king. They mocked him, they ridiculed him, they gambled for his garments. They mocked him. The God who was mocked sent his son to be mocked so that we could be valuable again to renew us. And it's beautiful. That's the, that's the message that can actually cause us to truly reverence his name that message of freedom, that he would do that for us. So, so just drink that in. I pray that the, the, the songs we've sang today, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, that saved a wretch like me. His grace taught me how to fear. It drove me to him. And, and we could sing before the throne of God above. All the songs that we sing here in RUF, that those things would be the songs of our souls, singing out to a God who viewed us as valuable as his own son, and his son gave himself for us in sacrifice. Let's pray and we'll end it there.